The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at newbalance.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. What a play! Can you believe this? It's time to dominate your fantasy league. Off to the races, and he stays on his feet. This is going to go the distance. Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath. And we're on to week 11 and the waiver wire here on this Tuesday morning. Good morning, everybody. Hope week 10 was awesome for you, and you're ready to win in week 11 with uh, maybe Ty Chandler. Maybe Tyler Boyd's still available in a league. We got actually a lot of good options for you here, but not necessarily a quarterback. We will give you the rundown in just a moment. I'm Adam Azer with Dave Richard and Jamie Eisenberg. Guys, pretty good game last night. Was it good or was it sloppy? Like, how would you describe? What word would you use for that? Depends, game? It depends what fan base you're talking to. It was, <laughs> yeah. it was great for the Broncos. It was very sloppy for the Bills. It depends on how many fantasy points you needed out of Stephon Diggs oh. and uh, James Cook. What a wild game! I know, right? You could not be feeling very good about James Cook at the beginning. He didn't have a great game. But um, for fantasy purposes, but it was it was wild, and he fumbled twice. So maybe we should be adding. Let's yes, he fumbled memory. three times. Did they give him that fumble <laughs> what, I, the, when he dribbled it to himself? No, the one that Josh Allen dropped. I thought that was an Allen fumble. Oh, I'm not sure they gave it to. No, actually, that, I mean those are minus two points for someone. So I probably should know who that fumble went to. Here it went to Josh Allen. James Cook had two yeah, fumbles. Allen it should have. Yeah, of course. Yeah. It but man, I mean, the missed extra points. <laughs> like you're like, oh, oh my man, gosh, the, the Broncos are going to lose this game because they missed two extra points, or you know, they botched a snap, and they missed the easy game-winning field goal, and then the the Bills give it right back to them. But anyway, we're here to talk about the waiver wire, so let's get into that right now. Did you know that while over sixty percent of Americans dream of starting their own business, less than twenty percent of them take the first step? The reason? Building a business is tough. Taylor Brands is simplifying the business journey. From launching and managing to growing your business, Taylor Brands isn't just another tool. It's your online business partner from launch to success. With Taylor Brands, building your dream business becomes an effortless experience. Their comprehensive platform guides you through every step, ensuring you have everything you need in one place. From LLC formation to bookkeeping, invoicing to acquiring licenses and permits, and even setting up your bank account, Taylor Brands handles it all seamlessly. And our listeners will receive 35% off Taylor Brands LLC formation plans using our link, taylorbrands.com slash CBS Sports. That's T-A-I-L-O-R-B-R-A-N-D-S dot com slash CBS Sports. So start your business journey today with Taylor Brands. 
And Jamie, if you had to give me your top three waiver wire priorities, who would they be? Uh, Noah Brown would be one. Ty Chandler would be two. And Devin Singletary would be three. Dave? I'll put Chandler at the top of the list. Nervous to put Devin Singletary next, but just the nature of the beast with running backs, I think you have to. And then, yeah, I think it's got to be Noah Brown third. There's a lot of receivers that are interesting, but he seems to be the best of the bunch. (sighs) Why not, Jamie, why not Ty Chandler first? Well, first off, Madison is not out for the season. He's maybe out one game. And so we'll see how this uh, this goes. He could clearly steal the job in terms of Chandler. But, I mean, Noah Brown's got 300 yards receiving in two games, and C.J. Stroud is awesome right now. So uh, I will take the the receiver that I think may have some staying power. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. First of all, we don't know that Madison is out. We expect a player to get a concussion and to not play the next week, but that doesn't always happen. But Chandler, if he does have this opportunity this week, it's against the Broncos. And while their defense has gotten a lot better, obviously, their run defense really hasn't. They're giving up 5.8 yards per carry to running backs, the sixth most receiving yards to running backs. They've only allowed uh, two rushing and one receiving touchdown to running backs in their last six games. So they're keeping uh, teams out of the end zone. We, we really obviously should spend a lot of time on Ty Chandler. It's a pretty big topic. He's 14% rostered. At the very least, he's going to be splitting with Madison throughout the, the rest of the season, you'd figure. But what do you think his chances are of, of becoming, you know, what Madison has been, basically, the main guy, and moving Madison to that Akers role, and therefore Chandler would be the best Vikings running back rest of season? I think there's a pretty good chance of it. It's not... I can't say it's locked in, but... Watch these two running backs play and tell me which one passes the eyeball test. And it's not to say that Madison is a bad running back, and there's some things that I'm certain the Vikings coaching staff trusts him to do. Pass protection, route running, catching the football. I think he's going to have an edge over Chandler there pretty much the rest of the way. Short yardage, I would imagine that Madison would get that chance there, even though he hasn't scored a rushing touchdown yet this year. But Chandler just has more burst. Uh, I think he's I think he's got better vision and maybe better patience when he runs. And that's what makes a difference for me. So even when Madison comes back, at worst, Chandler will split with him. And at best, he'll take over down the stretch in what seems to be a evolving. How do, how do you say like evolving positively? Like the offense seems to be just doing just fine, even though Kirk Cousins is out and Justin Jefferson will be back eventually. So I've I liked Chandler last week. I thought he was a great stash. Uh, I'm going to double down on it and say that you should get him if you missed him last week. There's 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 just a big thing to consider here in that they've had Ty Chandler now for two seasons. They went out and they traded for Cam Akers, and it took Cam Akers rupturing his Achilles for Chandler to get an opportunity. There's clearly something that they don't like that Chandler does, and now it's being forced in by necessity. Plus, they just went back and got Miles Gaskin again. Who knows how much of a role he's going to have? For a guy that was on their roster, then off their roster, now back on their roster. So I don't know how much long-term appeal there is here if Alexander Madison is healthy. But the short term, it could be a great one-week situation against Denver. Chandler had about a 30-yard touchdown run called back on a penalty. I watched the replay a couple times. I didn't see the slow-mo replay. I didn't see a penalty. I didn't see what the foul was. But that was an impressive play. But other than that, I mean... Yes, he scored a touchdown, but he had 15 carries and 12 of them were for four or fewer yards. I'm just going to give you some negatives here in case you wanted to get excited about Chandler. Let me rain on that parade. Uh, (laughs) So he had, you know, three yards per carry and and 12 of his carries went for four or fewer yards. Additionally, 
if Madison's back, I I would think Madison stays in the passing downs because when Madison left the game, it was C.J. Ham and Chandler getting work in passing downs. Additionally, the, listen to this stat. The Vikings have four rushing touchdowns in 10 games, and two of them are by Josh Dobbs in, in two games. So they don't score rushing touchdowns. And then if you look back at, at Dobbs with the Cardinals, they only had three rushing touchdowns from running backs in eight games. So there may not be a lot of touchdowns for Chandler. Uh, I think, you know, I'd be much less excited if it weren't Denver this week, though. I mean, it's just a great, great matchup. And then next week is uh, Chicago, which is okay. They have a good run defense, but they give up points to. They're on a bye after that, and then they're at Las Vegas. Yeah, don't spend a lot of fab on Chandler. Well, I think if you need if you need to win this week, when you are getting to that point, right? I mean, you're five and five, whatever. True. Right. Did you say don't spend all your fab on Chandler? Yeah. Yeah. Well, someone else will. So you just have to make the decision before you go into your waiver setting tonight how badly you need them or want them. And if you want them badly, you're going to have to spend. I, I would lean with you. Like the only reason you should spend all your fab on Chandler is if you need to win this week and then figure out your running back situation from there. Uh, let's talk about Noah Brown here. Let's spend a little more time on him because he has been just a big play machine over the last two weeks. One week doing it out of the slot, one week doing it out wide with Nico Collins out. And um, I mean, I had the numbers, but he's basically got the the highest explosive catch rate of any wide receiver over the last two games. uh, And he's been crushing it. And now he gets Arizona and they give up the third most completions of 20 or more air yards in the NFL. And I mean, that's just that's just where CJ Stroud has been finding him. It's so where, as you enter the week, where do you have Noah Brown ranked? And he's 43% rostered. Just outside of top 24. And that's obviously contingent on Nico Collins being out. Sure. And, and that makes me think, uh, all the negatives that we said about Ty Chandler, that he's getting an opportunity because somebody's hurt, or he's been on the team this long and he's just now getting a chance to prove himself. You could almost say the same thing for Noah Brown who's been in the league several years. I, is this his first year in Houston? I think it is. Maybe yep. his second. Okay. Right. And, and you know, he started the year. He was basically not being used in the offense. And now the last two weeks with Nico Collins, one game where Collins played, I don't think he finished. And then the other one where Nico Collins was out, we see these huge games from Noah Brown. It's, it's almost like the exact same argument. And then it's the big question of what happens to Noah Brown when Nico comes back. I would think he's still going to play a lot. I still... The Texans should play him a lot. They should be in 11 personnel a, a huge amount of the time. And Brown has been that playmaker. It's it's Stroud. When a play breaks down, a lot of those throws are going to Brown, who's doing a great yeah. job of getting open on scramble drills. Yeah, yeah. I just blown away by C.J. Stroud. <laughs> Watching Noah Brown. He did this a lot, though, at, at Ohio State. Yeah, a lot of guys do this in college and don't do it in the NFL, you know? And he did yeah. it in college with, with the best offensive line, with elite NFL receivers every single week, what he's doing now is unbelievable. And that's really what stood out when I was watching Noah Brown. It's like, CJ, this is just CJ. This is a vote of confidence for CJ Stroud. Um, Do you know who has the most receiving yards over the last three weeks? Which receivers? There's three receivers. Which three receivers have the most receiving yards over the last three weeks? Noah Brown has to be up there. Tank Dell, Noah Brown. CeeDee Lamb has to be up there. Yeah. Oh, Tank Dell shouldn't be up there. Uh, you have two of the three, C.D. Lamb and and Noah Brown. You know the third one is uh, Jerry Judy. Hmm. 
Who is the third? That would be three years. No. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> it's not A.J. Brown, is it? I know he had a bye. But. Uh, they're all former teammates in 2021 on a certain team. One Garrett, of those three. Garrett Wilson. Who? <laughs> well, I don't know. Is it Garrett Wilson or Chris Olave? Uh, no, it is Amari Cooper. And in 2021, oh. they were all members of the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, Noah Brown, Mark. Oh, yeah, I, I wasn't even thinking about who the other two were. Like Garrett for some Wilson. reason, I was thinking Ohio State. <laughs> Me too. Me yeah, too. Uh, all right, so we got Noah Brown and Ty Chandler and Devin Singletary coming off his first really good game. And uh, I saw someone in South Florida made a uh, like a parlay bet on just that Texans game, and he won like a couple million dollars or something like that. And what, I think and he two, bet 500 grand on it. Yeah, and two of them were about Devin Singletary going like over 50 yards wow. and scoring a touchdown. He crushed that. Uh, but anyway, are you optimistic for Singletary rest of season? Or is this just a, a one hoping that Pierce is out again and they have Arizona this week? Thoughts on Singletary? It's definitely the latter. It's just, can this be something that is a jumping off point for a team that is in need of getting better running the ball. I mean, they've been terrible running the ball. It's a big reason why C.J. Stroud's season is so remarkable. He's getting no help from a big aspect of the game. You know, so he's having to do a lot of heavy lifting, and you know, it's been great for his fantasy production. But for this team that has now put itself back in not just playoff contention, but maybe a chance to win the division, they need to get some better production there. And we finally saw it. You know, so I don't know if it was just a byproduct of things falling in line and the Bengals' run defense just falling apart. But he's available and. He's on an offense that's producing. So, yes. you know, you can make a case that Singletary should be added ahead of Chandler because if Madison clears concussion protocol, you're going to waste your fab on Chandler and Singletary may still be sitting out there and that might be the one to go get. So I've actually gone back and forth on which is the better one to get. If Chandler was not playing Denver, it would be easy to go get Singletary. But if you get the opportunity to get the running back starting against the Broncos, you go get. Do you have a sense of who's more likely to play this week between Damian Pierce and Alexander Madison? No. I, I don't either, but... Just the nature of the beast with concussions, it's hard to imagine Madison being ready to play. Right. All right, it's tough But that's the one-week thing. And then the other the other point that I would make, and it's one good point, one bad point, I think the Texans' offensive line is rounding into form. We talked about this when we mentioned Damian Pierce as a buy-low, like in week three or week four, that eventually this offensive line would get its act together, and it really did. I thought that they played really well, and that helped Devin Singletary a ton. But... I also don't think that Devin Singletary is going to have many games with 30 carries. And you're going to see a, a two-headed backfield again. Singletary might lead it, and that's a might. It, it, there's a very real chance they go back to splitting 50-50 or even worse, like 55-45, 60-40 in favor of Pierce. So there could be some fool's gold with both of these running backs. I admit it. Sure. That's what uh, makes this difficult. But And what makes it even more difficult is these enticing matchups that they have this week. Denver... For uh, for Chandler and Arizona for Singletary. All right. Well, uh, there were a lot of sporting events yesterday. You may have only been watching one of them. But if you missed some of the action, check out Morning Buzz on CBS Sports HQ. Your sports day starts here. Highlights from all the top games and leagues. Catch up on storylines and social buzz. Jump in and jump out. Morning Buzz runs all morning long, and it starts at 9 a.m., and you can get it all for free on the CBS Sports app. That's what you do. You download the CBS Sports app. You watch HQ. You watch Morning Buzz. You get all caught up. Schedule alert! I think we need a sound effect for that. Schedule alert! Should I do it or should I find? I probably should find like some sound effect. Uh, David Njoku 
He gets the Steelers this week, who are, you know, they, they're third best against tight ends, but they give up some yards. They just don't give up touchdowns. After that, Najoku, beginning in week 12, five straight opponents that rank 25th or worse against tight ends. So that may not be a waiver wire thing because he's 75% rostered, but if you have Najoku, you have good schedules coming up. Demario and Douglas. you've got a tight end who's given you at least 10 PPR points in four straight games. Yeah, very involved. Demario Douglas, each of his next three opponents are 27th or worse against wide receivers. They're bottom six, or and they all struggle against the slot. So Douglas is going on a bye. But if you, you know, want to hold him, I, like, I don't really know what the matchups mean for him. He's probably going to be like a five for 50 guy most weeks. I know he had 84 yards, but 30 of them were on that stupid play at the end of the first half. So I'm not making this passionate case for Demario Douglas, but he has it's schedule alert. Demario Douglas is in this category in a good way. All right. News and notes. Derek Carr, he's in the concussion protocol. His shoulder's fine. He should play after the bye week at Atlanta in week 12. Keenan Allen and Gerald Everett are day-to-day. Are you expecting Keenan Allen and Gerald Everett to play at Green Bay this week? Allen, yes. I would not mind if Gerald Everett did not play, just from the standpoint of maybe we get Donald Parham becoming something. Yeah, Um, because he's a touchdown scorer. He also had four catches, I believe, two games ago when Everett was out, so... Michael Thomas has a multi-week knee injury, so Rashid Shahid is someone you might want to hold through the bye. T. Higgins is not expected to play this week, Thursday game at Baltimore. So do you guys have Tyler Boyd or Noah Brown ranked higher? Boyd Brown. Oh, okay. What about you, Heath? Yes. What, what, <laughs> I don't know what Yeah. <laughs> Uh, okay. Yeah. I mean, it's a tough, like, no, this is pretty annoying from Tyler Boyd because you got this amazing narrative of him just not being that good, even when T Higgins is out. And now you have to pay so much attention to it because he had an absolutely huge game. Uh, and now he gets ball. Could have been bigger. Yes, it should have. Oh, right. He dropped a touchdown. Yep. Uh, the Jets are sticking with Zach Wilson, but Aaron Rodgers hopes to be back by mid December. Deshaun Watson hurt, but he's only coming back if they're in the race. Deshaun Watson hurt his ankle. He says he's fine. He had an MRI, or maybe he's having it today. But Watson says he plans to play this week against Pittsburgh. Uh, Mac Jones bench. We don't know who the quarterback is there. We don't know who the quarterback is in uh, Atlanta. They'll announce that after their bye. Baker Mayfield hurt his thumb, but he's going to play this week. And Matthew Stafford is expected to play this week against Seattle. Baltimore wants Keaton Mitchell more involved this week. And no, this is not a replay of something I said last week. This is once again, they want Keaton Mitchell more involved this week. And that would be a Thursday game against a bad five carries. Yeah, that would be wonderful. Um, You know, Madison's in the concussion protocol. Uh, Devon Achan could be back this week. Raheem Mostert missed practice, but that's not unusual for him. And two offensive linemen for the Dolphins, though, Rob Hunt and Robert Jones are week to week. They've had a beat-up offensive line all year. Um, Panthers cornerback J.C. Horn designated to return from IR. Jalen Hyatt concussion. Uh, Denzel Ward should be good to play this week against Pittsburgh. I don't know about Cleveland safety Juan Thornhill. Uh, Marshawn Lattimore is going to be out for a while, it seems, with a high ankle sprain. The Giants had three players leave with injuries on defense. Kayvon Thibodeau and two corners, Deontay Banks and Cordell Flott. And Washington, Sam Howell could be in for a really good 
set up there. And that is that. You got the Ravens and Bengals. What news? about him? Ronnie Stanley oh, doesn't look like he's going to play. That's the left tackle for the Ravens. And Trey Hendrickson mm-hmm. looks like he avoided a serious injury. That's the best Bengals pass rusher. So it's going to be really interesting to see how the left side of that offensive line operates on, on both sides for the Ravens and the Bengals on Thursday. Right. And Hubbard missed the game for the Bengals on Sunday. Yep. And I don't know. Mm-hmm. Do you know his status for this week? I do not. All right. So if there Well, there's a practice report. I'll double check it. Okay. Yeah. If they're without Sam Hubbard and Hendrickson, that's gonna be that's gonna be tough for them. Uh, all right, we'll take a break here. When we come back, we'll talk a little bit about Fab, and we'll give you our top three priorities at each position. We haven't even given you a quarterback yet or a tight end. So we'll be right back with that on Fantasy Football Today. Robert Half Research indicates nine out of ten hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Should you ever set foot outside of the motel, you will be shot. Don't miss the new Showtime limited series based on the international bestseller. For the last four years, I've been a prisoner. Why are they keeping you here? Starring Emmy Award winner Ewan McGregor. This is the brave new world that you dreamt of. Be very careful. You are still a prisoner here. Everything in this new world comes at cost. This is still my country. A Gentleman in Moscow. Now streaming on Paramount Plus. Only with the Paramount Plus with Showtime plan. Fab talk. How much fab are we spending? You said don't spend too much on Ty Chandler. Would you spend too much on Noah Brown? <laughs> what are we thinking? No, here? no, no. I mean, I, I, as as you guys said, you know, if you need it to win this week, then sure. Because what are you saving for? But if you're a contending team, I would not. Right. It's the four and six team that needs a receiver. The four and six team that needs a running back. They're dumping their fab into these guys. Okay. Is there anyone out there, even if they're in a shallower league, maybe in the seventy five percent rate? Like, who who's I thinking? There was one player. That uh, was about 80% rostered. Oh, well, Keaton Mitchell's 81%. I know he's pretty rostered. Anyone out? Oh, Josh Dobbs. He's 80% rostered. Is yeah. That, is that a big spend? It. That's a big spend it. Big spend. All right. I don't really think we have to talk too much about Fab. I would just say if you're, if you're going to make the playoffs, then hmm. you, you should be conservative now and save your money for when it really counts. You don't need to spend on one-week rentals. Uh, you don't need to spend... Look at your roster. I mean, how important is Devin Singletary or, or Ty Chandler going to be to your roster? You should make that determination. Uh, but it's not a great feeling to run out of fab when you're in the fantasy playoffs. If you have to do it, you have to do it. I get that. But it's not a great feeling to have no fab. And there's, you know, and then your opponent can pick up whoever he or she wants for a dollar because you have none. I- you mentioned the teams that are definitely headed to the playoffs. Uh, have you have you looked at the standings in your fantasy league lately? Because I, they look I a lot like the to. standings for the for the AFC wild card race, where like there's a dozen teams separated by like two games, and that's what I feel like every fantasy league has. Like the majority of the managers are six and four, five and five, or four and six, and so nobody has a clear path to the fantasy playoffs except for the one team. That's avoided injuries, gotten a little lucky. They've got seven plus wins. That's it. 
So I, I don't know how many teams that there are that are out there that don't need one of these guys or don't think they need one of these guys. But it doesn't mean your point's wrong. If you've got enough on your roster where you feel like you don't need to uh, take this big of a risk for beyond week 11, you mm-hmm. shouldn't spend your fab. But someone will. Yeah. I have a a nine and one team, and I'm not even in first place. <laughs> oh, <laughs> there's another nine and one team that's got a, a lot more points than I do. So good job to you. But I'm coming. So that play. team is going to the playoffs. I think I would suspect we're both going to the playoffs. I'm four games up on the six seed, and there's what, mm-hmm. you're nine and one. Of course, you're going to the playoffs. Come yeah, on. yeah. I think we're. I think. Oh, you mean my team? I thought you meant the other team. Yes, that my both team. Is, if you're both nine and one, you're both going. Congratulations. Yeah, we're, we're going to the playoffs. Um, so that's that's good. I keep winning. Lately, I've been winning in in the leagues where I was like, where I'm not going to make that. I keep winning in the stupid IDP league and the magazine. Like, like I'd already given up basically on those teams, and now I keep winning. I have a slim chance. Like, can I win in the leagues that I need wins in? That would be nice. That would be better. Um, all right. Uh, top three p- priorities at each position. Jamie, who are the quarterbacks to get? All right. Buckle up. This is a great list. <laughs> <laughs> I got Jordan Love at the top. You sort of mentioned this uh, last week that everybody healthy. He started to look better against the uh, Rams two games ago and then played his best fantasy game since week three against the Steelers. Still had two interceptions, but still that's Pittsburgh. And now has a favorable matchup if you do need a quarterback. He's not a starter or, or even close to the top 12 for me, but he's if you are desperate for a streamer, he's not bad given the matchup against the Chargers. So he would be number one. I put Stafford to just to see what happens with the whole full, full complement of weapons, especially starting next week when Kyron Williams is back. But he played three healthy games with Puka Nakua and Cooper Cup, and one of those was his best game of the season. That was against Philadelphia when he had his only 20-point game. So we'll see if he's healthy. But as you see, it's a very sliding scale here of what we're talking about. And then the third guy, you mentioned him already, and this is more for two QB and super flex leagues, is Aaron Rodgers. Um, because why not just pick him up to see what happens? If they are in contention, as you said, uh, the other options that we're talking about here are Tommy DeVito and Jameis Winston and Bailey Zappi. You know, so it's it's deeper two QB and super flex leagues. Uh, but if Rodgers does come back, the earliest would probably be if he's saying mid-December would be week 15 against Miami. Uh, then I believe they got Washington, which would m- be an interesting game. If he looked decent yeah, against right? the Dolphins, then we're talking about fantasy playoffs. Uh, that Washington matchup we know is pretty favorable. So only really if you have an IR spot, only really super flex two QB leagues. But uh, you see where we are with the quarterbacks. There's not a lot of options out there for you if we're talking most 12-team leagues on CBS and certainly deep performance. Where do you have Will Levis on the low? Uh, as a drop. Okay, so he's not an ad whatsoever. I would put Stafford out of Will Levis. Uh, The Rodgers call is interesting. If you've got an IR spot, he might already be – well, he might already be taken because someone might be stashing him on IR. But, like, would you add Rodgers if you don't have IR spots, Jamie? I don't know if I would. I would not add him in a 1QB league at all, but in a 2QB Superflex league, I would be adding him just in case. Especially – I mean, it depends on how deep your roster is. Right. uh, But, look, (laughs) we we are considering – and and I know there are there are leagues like this because I play in a bunch of super flex leagues. Uh, you're starting Aiden O'Connell. You're starting Tommy DeVito. You know you're start, you're starting these guys that you're just desperate. For, you know Brett Rippon a couple weeks ago because you're just desperate for 10, points, 12 points. Whatever that's you got. right. And if Rodgers does intend to play, I would imagine it's for something on the table for whatever degree for the Jets. So he's going to try and get out there again. If he if he shows you anything, why not? 
I really hope he comes back. <laughs> that would be so fun for us, right? I mean, like, forget about the Jets. From a very selfish standpoint, I would love to do those shows and debate Aaron Rodgers against the Commanders. But unfortunately, <laughs> the Jets have the Bills, the Dolphins, the Falcons, the Texans, and the Dolphins in their next five games. And I just, I don't see the Jets really being in playoff right. contention. But, but, but you, you know, know, I mean, even, you know, I know he said if they have something to play for, but what if, what if, you know, he just wants to come back and play, you know, and, and the Dolphins game, he comes out and he plays, I don't know, decent football, you know, comf- gets comfortable, whatever the case may be from a positive standpoint, you know, not a huge fantasy game. And then you roll into that week 16 game. <laughs> We're going to have a lot of tough decisions in those formats, super flex and two QB. All right, uh, so the quarterbacks, Jordan Love, Matthew Stafford, and Aaron Rodgers. And the thing about Stafford, that one good game with the with Cup, where he scored 21 points against the Eagles, that was his only game with Cup and Nakua where he threw more than 29 passes. So they just, would, hopefully, well, they'll throw the ball. Remember, remember the Rams, they used to throw the ball? Hopefully they do that. Dave, the top three running backs, we know two of them. We got Chandler and Singletary. What do you think? Who are the top three running backs? The third running back depends on how badly you need a guy for week number 11. Uh, if it's if it, if you're desperate and you don't want to spend up on Chandler or Singletary, I think Antonio Gibson's the next best guy, especially in PPR. At least five catches each of his last three games, I believe, and he's available in half of CBS Sports leagues. But if you're stashing, here we go with stash guys. Rico Dowdle has to be on the list. I mean, we're ten weeks into the season. Tony Pollard hasn't been explosive. Rico Dowdle looked like the better running back last week, and while I don't think he's going to completely take Tony Pollard off the field, it wouldn't surprise me in the least if the Cowboys went back to treating Tony Pollard how they did last year, and there's a serious split between Pollard and Dowdle, and Dowdle might be better suited near the goal line. So if if we're looking long-term, he's third for me after Chandler and Singletary. Um, okay. And single uh, Gibson, sorry, Gibson, does this matter to you? The Giants, if they're good at one thing, it's losing. If they're good at two things, it's losing and defending pass-catching running backs. Brees Hall had a huge game against them. He had a 50-yard touchdown catch. But other than that, I mean, McCaffrey's the only one who's done anything in the passing game. So for Gibson, this is arguably the worst matchup. And it's been like but, this for, for two seasons now. So okay. just curious if that matters to you for the Giants, who, like I said, they're very beat up on defense. I think they're basically a shell of themselves. I don't really trust them for anything. But if they are good at one thing, it seems like it's defending that. If but you're it, looking at just the teams on a bye this week, the, the biggest position of need is running back. You know, when you're talking about no Taylor, no Kamara, no Stevenson. Um, who's the other team I'm missing? Uh, Falcons. Falcons. Falcons, no Bijan. You know, so you're you're talking about four starters that are that are down for you, um, and the fact that he's got five catches in three games in a row is still something I think you look at and say, okay, I'll take my chances on that against the Giants defense. The the only thing, really, the bigger concern is not necessarily that the Giants have done that; it's that they're probably not chasing points this week. Exactly, and so that's the bigger issue is that he's not going to be in sort of this, you know, and Sam Howell, same thing, you know, this 45, 50 pass attempt type of game. It should set up very nicely for Brian Robinson. Maybe so. Uh, so, you know, Gibson could be in a little bit of trouble. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I, I caught like that. that. I, like I caught that. that. Um, and furthermore, to your point, Adam, Gibson played against these guys. It was a low-scoring game in week seven. He only had two catches for 24 yards. That was a weird game. Won the Giants won. That's why it's weird. Hmm. I, I just I don't know how many teams they've played where the running back is absolutely a focal point of the offense in the passing game. 
Uh, so I, I think it's more about like this is what the commanders do. They they're using their running backs certainly recently. Yeah, but it might be because they're in competitive games and or they're trailing and they don't trust these running backs as much to run the football. That could pivot this week because they're playing the Giants. I know not everybody watches the live stream on Monday night, and I know not everybody's able to listen to Beyond the Box Score because of the time it comes out on Monday afternoon. But I'm now going to say this on every show this week because I was completely blown away by it. The commanders have the lowest run rate, the highest pass rate in the NFL. Mm-hmm. They are the most pass happy team on a percentage basis. Uh, it is that shocks me. Uh, I don't know. I actually think the Giants will be competitive because they pretty much always beat the commanders. Yep. But um, I, I agree. Yeah, I agree. It's but, a good matchup for DeVito. Right. So anyway, um, wide receiver, Dave. Uh, uh, you can go back to you. Sure. Why not? Top three wide receivers. Noah Brown's at the top. And I'm still not sure who my next two favorites are because I hate having Demario Douglas second because he's on by. So I guess he's more of a long term thing. I guess you're just hoping for let's take him out of it. So let's say Noah Brown is one. Okay. Maybe Jamie can talk me out of this one. Brandon Cooks, two. Jaden Reed, three. Those are my top three at wide receiver. You going to talk him out of that? Uh, no. I mean, you know, if you're just looking for, you know, for, for points for this week, I, I would take more of a long-term approach with, with this one. You know, so Douglas, would to me, Douglas. I think is still a little bit better as the second option because of what this receiving core looks like for New England and, you know, if they make the move to Bailey Zappi, I think that speaks more to, okay, let's see what we have for 2024. And I would hope that Douglas is a big part of that. So continue to get him more opportunities and more touches. Uh, and then, you know, this is the start, hopefully, of what Quentin Johnson could be in store for to, you know, be a significant contributor. Keenan Allen's banged up. Gerald Everett's banged up. You know, no Mike Williams, still no Josh Palmer. Uh, he showed a little bit of some signs last week and Certainly was a was a focal point for Justin Herbert. Forget about how everything unfolded from a statistical standpoint. He drew three pass interference calls that he was the the, the first option or, or the second option at, at worst. You know, so they were they were trying to get him going. And this is this is a matchup I think we could have some success. So I, I want to stash Quentin Johnson just to see what happens. Yeah, I want to. I really think I'm going to be spending a lot of time on my waiver claims because these guys are available in a decent amount of leagues. You know, I, obviously, I, p- I play in a lot of three receiver leagues, so they may not be for me, but I hope they are because I see a lot of appeal. I understand that all these guys could be total duds, but Noah Brown, Brandon Cooks, Jaden Reed, and Quentin Johnston, they're very interesting. So who do you think, rank them in terms of long-term appeal? If you just wanted to stash Noah Brown, Brandon Cooks, Jaden Reed, Quentin Johnston, Jamie, how would you rank them long-term? Even though we could see Nico Collins back, I'll still put Brown at the top just because of the way C.J. Stroud is playing right now. So I'll take Brown first. Um, I'll go Douglas second if we're not worried about immediate results. So okay. if we're just talking long-term, I'll take Douglas second. Uh, I'll go Johnston third, Reed fourth. And Cook, where's Cooks? Cooks is after that. You know, Again, I don't want to get so excited about uh, his first big game. He's been very touchdown dependent. I still think he's third at best in terms of target share for the Cowboys behind Lamb and Ferguson. So I'll take the younger guys out of him. Okay. I'll make the case for Cooks. I think this Cowboys offense is going to start revolving around Dak even more. I think that's what we saw against the Giants last week. They they were blowing them out, and they were still throwing in the game. And Cooks has you know great speed to him still. It was nice to see him get more targets than – did he have more targets than everybody but Lamb? I think so. And 
I, I hate to like recommend them and say, oh yeah, go out and get Brandon Cooks. He's definitely going to last because we have a whole season before week 10 of him getting four targets and two catches or three catches. And it's not that good. But if, if this is the direction the Cowboys offense is heading in, just like we want pieces of the Texans passing offense, I want pieces of the Cowboys passing offense and Cooks has more explosiveness than everybody except CD lamb. So I'm interested in Cooks. And I almost wonder if I could get him the cheapest of all the running uh, of all the wide receivers, rather, that we're talking about now, because people are going to look at what he's done weeks one through nine and say, all right, flash in the pan week. Maybe you get him for a single digit of your fab, three, four fab bucks to get while everybody else is, you know, spending like crazy for Brown, uh, spending a little bit more for Johnston, for Douglas. And then I think Jaden Reed deserves a piece of the conversation, too. He's been really good and really reliable might actually be the best receiver for Green Bay for the rest of the year. It's an interesting week for Cooks. Carolina, fourth best against wide receivers, and you know teams just run all over them. But I don't know that the Cowboys are going to do that. So you know we'll talk about that throughout the week. But after this Carolina game, it's a pretty nice schedule for Brandon Cooks. Washington, Seattle, Philadelphia, Buffalo, Miami, Detroit. It's awesome. It's good. And you feel like you got a potential for a lot of high-scoring games there. You got mm-hmm. some of the best offenses, and then you've got Washington, which is one of the worst defenses. So that's there's that factor as well for Cooks. All right, yeah. in- interesting. That's what makes Dak special too? Interesting week for tight ends or for wide receivers. Um, I want to throw out one more name. He's seventy five percent rostered, but I think a lot of people will drop Josh Downs, and I would pounce if they did. I don't know if you guys feel Agreed. the same way, but you just can't hold the last two games against him. He's barely played, and he was on fire before that with Gardner Minshew. Just it's got to be a PPR thing. I wouldn't be as excited to get him if it's half or non PPR. Fair. Jamie, top three tight ends. Uh, Still Logan Thomas. I know we talked about him a lot over the last several weeks, but he's only 60% rostered. So again, just the way that Sam Howell has been throwing the ball, the amount that Sam Howell has been throwing the ball and the amount of production you've been getting from Thomas, he should be the top guy added. Tyler Conklin has been fantastic the last two weeks and should continue to be a focal point for Zach Wilson. So like Conklin second, and then Donald Parham third, just with the opportunity of maybe stepping in once again without Gerald Everett there. Um, I'll go back to it. Four catches, continues to find the end zone when thrown to in the red zone. And I think he could be a starting caliber tight end this week if Everett's out. Yeah. It's amazing that all the all those streamers, they're just rostered in so many leagues now. So... It's thinned out the position. But but on the other hand, hopefully you don't need to stream a tight end because you have someone that you actually like. Uh, DSTs, Jamie? Uh, I got some interesting ones this week. Uh, go back to the Lions. Obviously, we don't know Justin Fields' status for sure and how effective he'll be. So I think the Lions' defense bounces back. The Commanders get the Giants. We know what that's been. Even the Commanders' scale-down defense should be able to contain the Giants' juggernaut of an offense. The Jaguars get Will Levis and how inconsistent he's looked the last two games. And then the Dolphins get the Raiders on the road, not playing a New York team. I think that offense will struggle a little bit taking on Miami. <laughs> but there are New York transplants in South Florida. That's, that's true. true. Uh, so Lions over the Commanders, huh? The Commanders yeah. look pretty hot to me. Um, all right. I wouldn't. I, I agree. I like the Lions better. I don't think the Lions defense is that good. Who have they? No, but I don't think the Bears played? offense is that good. I, I'm willing to bet on the Giants offense being bad more than the 
Like, I don't know what Justin Fields is going to do. He could be great. He was great before he got hurt the last two games. It could be. I mean, he could still have a great fantasy day and still have some turnovers and sacks. What do the commanders, what, what do the Bears do if they have the first pick and Fields finishes strong? Trade it they or trade it for Marvin Harrison? Harrison? Yeah, they trade, they trade down with the Giants or whoever's two, and they, then they get Harrison. All right, kickers. Uh, Jamie has Daniel Carlson, Jake Moody, Brandon McManus, and Matt Prater. Daniel Carlson, Jake Moody, Brandon McManus, and Matt Prater as his kicker streamers. And uh, Dave, do we have any IDP? Justin Simmons is the first name that came to my mind. He's had double-digit fantasy points in three of his last four, if tackles count. Plus, he gets some good turnovers. Uh, in our IDP league, Hufanga's available. He gets some pretty decent numbers every week. So those are two DBs to start with. I can give you some more later. And as always, people can reach out to me on X. I have two, two more that. names. Yeah. Reed Blankenship is good every week. He went into You his say bye. his name every week. Well, he was in his bye last week. So I don't know if anyone had him. So uh, Eagles safety, Reed Blankenship. And then Ivan Pace Jr., he could be. Playing. Oh, he's been great for a while. He could be filling in for Jordan Hicks, Minnesota. Blankenship's rostered in eighty percent of leagues, so oh. I don't think you're going to find him. <laughs> Ivan Pace Jr. is not, is he? I'm looking now, looking now, clicking on his name. An- the page is loading. Another player, five percent. There you go. So you got one. Another player that was in his buy. I don't know the roster percentage. I haven't checked that. You might want to pick up is Patrick Mahomes if if he's available. <laughs> You can pick up that very mediocre fantasy quarterback. Okay. Coming off a bye. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Jamie, we look at shallow leagues. Oh, baby, Josh Dobbs is available. Keaton Mitchell, yeah. Who else are we looking at that's, that really jumps off the page in shallow leagues? You still going to dance? <laughs> I, I like the dancing, Adam. <laughs> I have a very fun off-topic question that came up yesterday on Beyond the Box Score that I want you guys to weigh in on after our commercial break. But first, we'll do shallow and deep leagues. Who do we got in shallow leagues? Uh, besides Dobbs at quarterback, Deshaun Watson and Russell Wilson at quarterback, Watson's schedule gets much nicer after this week's game. And Wilson clearly has just been a very safe fantasy quarterback. You know, 20 plus, 23 plus points in four of his last six. So, or five of his last six, five of his last seven, something like that. Um, just getting the job done and can, I think, still be useful this week against Minnesota. Uh, running backs, I didn't put Keaton Mitchell because he's over 80% rostered, but the guys that are under 80% rostered that you should be looking at, still Ty Spears. Um, I think A.J. Dillon deserves a little bit of mention. You know, he's been nine-plus nine points in four of his last five without scoring a touchdown, so he's been de- a decent flex in deeper leagues. Uh, he's at 74% rostered. Khalil Herbert, we'll see what happens with him coming back and what role he'll have, so he's worth stashing on your bench if you can. And Zach Charbonnet, I don't understand why he's only at 60%, right. 68% roster. He is an injury away from being an absolute superstar. Uh, two of his last three games, over eight yards per carry. So um, looking a lot, in my opinion, more explosive than Ken Walker at this point. And then still Daryl Henderson. He may still be the uh, the guy for one more game um, in tandem with Royce Freeman. Uh, the receivers are much more interesting. You mentioned Josh Downs and, and where he's at. Um, Tyler Boyd, uh, Jackson Smith and the Jigba. And Rashid Shahid are the ones that stand out to me, you know, just in terms of the guys that you should be looking at there. And then in the tight ends, um, we've got Trey McBride at 79%. Please make sure he's 100% rostered. And you said it before, David Njoku is 75%. Okay. Yeah. I mean, if Trey, uh, gosh, if Josh Dobbs and Trey McBride were sitting there, I mean, it'd be a pretty easy call for me, I think. Go McBride. 100%. Yeah. Okay. Deep Leagues, Dave. Deep League Dave. That's your new name. 
Deeply Thank you. Um, <laughs> is Tommy DeVito worth picking up if no. you're desperate for a quarterback because he's playing the Commanders? Is there anything that's there, Adam? Uh, no, I don't think so. I mean, <laughs> in Superflex and two QB leagues, absolutely. I well, think so too. I would rather start a wide receiver. Like if you, if I could start Tyler Boyd or Tommy DeVito, I would start Tyler Boyd. Sure, sure, sure. Or Trey McBride, for example, somebody like yeah. that. If it's a PPR league, I totally get it. But maybe you can't. Um, running backs: Ty Chandler, Rico Dowdle. We've already talked about them. They're available in eighty plus percent of CBS Sports leagues. Royce Freeman, if you need a one week fix, is available in 74% of CBS Sports Leagues. How about a couple of guys that are stash-worthy as lottery tickets? These guys are not deep league guys. Elijah Mitchell's out there in 50% of leagues. If I have Christian McCaffrey, I'm finding a bench spot for Elijah Mitchell. I just want to back him up. Josh Kelly, 69% available. If I have Austin Eckler, I want to back him up. And is Leonard Fournette going to get into the mix in Buffalo? He's available in 58% of leagues. Uh, I We've talked uh, about him for several crazy. weeks. This is ridiculous. Why are we saying Leonard Fournette and not Latavius Murray? I mean, like, Murray is actually That's a fair playing. point, because Murray's playing now. What's his <laughs> roster ship? I think it's lower. I think last night's game, last night's game really hurt Latavius, uh, Leonard, Leonard Fournette. 22% yeah. for, for Latavius Murray, and James Cook just fumbled twice. 22%. Say it, Say it louder. 22% Latavius Murray. Could you make the case that Latavius Murray should be ahead of Ty Chandler and Devin Singletary? I would no. not. I would not either, but he's been dominating third down snaps for Buffalo really all year and certainly gets in in short yardage situations. I think it's just, it's the Buffalo factor. They don't use one running back reliably from game to game, but deep leagues, Tay is in play at wide receiver. You want to go to wide receiver next? Yeah. Yeah. Fire away. Okay. Yeah. Jaden Reed, 72% available. We've talked about him. Quentin Johnson, 67% available. We've talked about him. Uh, Khalil Shakir, not the best game last night, but I would imagine he's still going to get time, 75% available. If you're in a pinch, we talked about him on Sunday, Adam. Trenton Irwin, and then he scored a touchdown early, should have had a second touchdown, going to play a lot for Cincinnati with T. Higgins off the field. It's a bi-week replacement. It's a $1 fab bid. He's out there in 94% of leagues. And then how about Jalen Guyton? What if Quentin Johnson doesn't stick? Jalen Guyton played... 53 snaps, almost every snap for the Chargers, 35 routes run that was one less than Keenan Allen, and had a touchdown, bless you, Adam, six targets, four catches, 41 yards. I I wonder if he's somebody that's worth stashing in those deep leagues. I want to throw Rondell Moore out there, 18% roster. It's a good call. Did you see how many targets he had in Kyler's first game? I did. He had eight. And if you look at how many – so that's now – Four games that he has played in the last two seasons. Rondell Moore has played with Kyler Murray and without DeAndre Hopkins. And he's had eight or more targets in three of those four games. So um, PPR, I think that's only a PPR thing, but Agreed. Rondell Moore, 18%. All right. And then uh, Donald Parham could be a deep league tight end. And uh, Michael Mayer. Tanner Hudson? Maybe. You'd have to be. I'd have to do a little more work on. He's had two productive games the last two weeks. Yeah, right. Twelve targets in his last two games, but they they do have now. It's a three way split at tight end in Cincinnati. Um, Last three. I'm going to tell you how many routes he ran last week. The last three tight ends who faced Baltimore have been pretty good. Laporta had six for fifty two. McBride had ninety five yards and a touchdown. Najoku had six for fifty eight. Um, I'm yeah. 
look, obviously under under 20 snaps played each of the last two weeks for Tanner Hudson, but at least five targets in each game, at least four catches in each game. Deep league stash, desperation stash. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, a debate about street smarts, a recap of last night's game, and more waiver wire and drop meter on fantasy football today. Hell, all right, welcome back, everybody. I missed that. Yesterday, Dan and I were debating who among the CBS Sports, uh, the Fantasy Football Today uh, on-air host talent have the mo- has the most street smarts. Who has the most street smarts? This was so fun. I wish Jamie had been there because Dan had no idea what street smarts were. <laughs> he thought it was wit. Well, he's out. He thought it was wit, like being able to make quick jokes. I don't know what the heck he was thinking, but that's what he thought street smarts were. Wait, that's not it? That's not it. Um, I went with Heath, but a lot of people said Dave. Actually, uh, Schaefer did a poll on YouTube, I think, Adam, Dave, Jamie, Heath, and the three, I had like 10%, and the three of you, you and two and Heath, were all pretty close at around 30%, but who do you think has the most street smarts among us? There's street smarts, and then there's common sense. I would argue that I have the least common sense, <laughs> but I think I might have the most street smarts, partially because really? it, it's kind of where I grew up. Okay. Jamie, I think Jamie and I definitely do not. It just Oh, I think Jamie has some street smarts, but not he's got me. some good sensibilities and Heath does too, but Heath grew up in like farmland, Missouri. So right. I don't That's know what he said. I don't know how many dicey situations he's been in in his life. I've, I've only known him for like 10 years, so I, I can't say for sure. Right. But if we were all put on a farm and had to survive. Oh, I'd be, I'd be dead. <laughs> <laughs> like Heath, Heath would crush that. Right. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, I mean, he reality, smokes yeah. animals. So of course he would. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, well, that was fun. Denver 24, Buffalo 22. Denver ran like 19 more plays than Buffalo. Denver never runs a lot of plays, and they never have the ball. And they had the ball for 37 minutes and 21 seconds, and that's what uh, all those turnovers will do for you if you're Buffalo. Did Russell Wilson play well last night? I don't even know. But, uh, Jamie, what are your fantasy takeaways from uh, from this game? Uh, Corlin Sutton, there's no doubt about it, is the number one receiver for the Broncos if there was any question. I mean, it was uh, – I, I thought that Judy had been building up some – some 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 potential heading into their bye week, and that was completely crushed. I don't know if that was just a byproduct of you know how Buffalo played him or just what Russell Wilson was looking at. But you know, just take away the touchdown for Cortland Sutton. It's not a huge day, but at least the targets and the catches are something you can hang your hat on. Uh, Javante Williams is clearly the lead running back in Denver. Don't have any questions about that anymore. Uh, Twenty five total touches. Work in the passing game is solidified. And and look for the Broncos. I mean, for the Bills, it's. You know, I don't want to say you throw this game out fantasy-wise, but you're not benching Josh Allen. You're not benching Stephon Diggs. You just have to understand what Gabe Davis is at this point. And Dalton Kincaid's a must-start tight end. You know, so I don't think we really learned a lot that you're going to say these, these are takeaways moving forward. I guess really the only thing would be is that from Buffalo, I'm not starting Gabe Davis, certainly against the Jets, and probably not until at least there's back-to-back good games. Yeah, let's see what the eight ball says. Are we starting Gabe Davis? If the eight ball says yes, I'm throwing this out against the Jets. The stars say no. You're absolutely right, eight ball. Gabe Davis does not do well against the Jets. Um, all right. I mean, are we even going to be wondering about starting Josh Allen against the Jets? Probably not. But um, 
Yeah, I mean, he's thrown an interception in six straight games, and he's going to get Ken Dorsey fired. It's so sad. Well, Ken Dorsey's going to get Ken Dorsey fired. This is about something that I texted you before the show, that two games ago against Tampa Bay, this offense looked very different. They were throwing much shorter. The A dot was lower for both uh, Gabe Davis and Josh Allen. And they were good. And obviously some of it has to do with the fact that they were taking on Tampa Bay. But why don't they stick with that? Why don't they play with that up-tempo, shorter throw, easier throw for Josh Allen to make and and lean on everybody instead of just Kincaid on short throws, Davis on long throws, Diggs on, you know, when you need the first down throws. And they they're they're not doing it. Allen's ADOT's gone way up over the last two weeks. He tried more deep shots last night than he did. Uh, on a percentage basis than each of his previous two games. And I just don't think that that's what's best for Buffalo right now. I'm surprised they didn't learn anything or take anything away from that game against Tampa, or maybe they did and they only applied it to Dalton Kincaid. So Mm -hmm. it's a little frustrating. And obviously if you've got Josh Allen, you're, you're probably upset about the numbers and you expect better numbers. I would not expect much better numbers this week against the Jets. Yeah. And I think the days of, thinking Denver's an easy matchup for the passing game are done. Long gone. Yeah. But the run game, you mentioned it, like they gave up how many yards per carry on the season? 5.8 or something like that. To run yeah, and, and and we can talk about how their defense has gotten better over the last four games, and, and it certainly has, but it's still 5.3 yards per carry to running backs in those games. Yeah. So there's some liability there that I think offenses will try and take advantage of. All right, we uh, don't have a ton of time left. I think we've really covered almost everyone we wanted to talk about, but let's get, we'll do the drop meter real quick. Zero to 10 on the drop meter Christian Watson. Seven. Yeah. Uh, George Pickens. And that hurts. That hurts, by the way. Not as much as uh, starting him. Yeah. Four. <laughs> uh, Pickens is a five. Right in that range, yep. Taysom Hill. If you need to drop him, you, he's droppable, but I wouldn't want to. Oh, you think it hurt to say Christian Watson? How about this oh, name? No. Oh, God. Trevor Lawrence. Ten. It, I was going to say six, but I think that's my heart talking and not my brain. Ten is who he's playing this week. He's facing the Titans. <laughs> Kyle, Pitts. Kyle Pitts, zero to ten. Eight. Jacoby Myers against the Dolphins. Two. Two. Four. Jahan uh, Jahan Dotson. That's his name. Jahan Dotson. Two. I want to give it another week. So, three. All right. To the waiver wire. If these players are available, how do you rank them? Dobbs, Watson, Wilson. Uh, Dobbs. Are these receivers or quarterbacks? (laughs) Quarterbacks. Dobbs, Wilson, Watson. Agreed. Dobbs, Wilson, Watson. Okay. Uh, all right. So then those passing yards per game. That's crazy. What is it? Passing yards per game. Oh, the three of these guys. It's about 200 yards or less for all of them. Uh, they're within 15 yards per game. Dobbs is like an incredible runner. He just yeah. jukes guys. It's crazy. It was. Uh, I was watching the game Sunday with uh, Brady oh, Quinn, um, who does you know stuff for us on CBS Sports HQ, 
And he was like, my God, he's just so elusive. He was just like blown away. It was fun to see his reaction. That's cool. I'd love to watch What's his passing yards in his last two? It's three, three, four, one. So it's over 200 yards per game over his last two games for Dobbs. Yes. That's what I care about. Let's go, Dobbs. Okay, uh, the quarterbacks to stream, though. Jordan Love is the best option. The Chargers, basically, if you look at how they've done against quarterbacks, all the good ones have good games. The bad ones have bad games, and Jordan Love is somewhere right in between, so we'll see what happens. Haven't the bad ones just been backups? Tannehill, O'Connell, Bajent, Zach Wilson. So, yeah, mostly. Yeah. At, at one point, they all have been backups this year, yes. Uh, Matthew Stafford is number two facing Seattle, which has obviously gotten a lot better against quarterbacks. Sam Howell had 29 points last week. Aaron Rodgers to stash. Tommy DeVito, Bailey Zappi, Jameis Winston. We're not really expecting Winston to play, but what did they say when asked about a quarterback change? Not really expecting it? or Not really. They, they want to stick with Carr if he's healthy. Dave has some interest in Will Levis, who was... One of 14 on pass attempts of 15 or more air yards last week uh, against a team that struggles against deep balls. So uh, Let's I mean, make it clear that I'm not recommending that you go yeah. and pick up Levis. He's absolutely on the dropometer, but you might be desperate for a quarterback. Right, right. And he's a quarterback who plays. I think I will rank him ahead of Tommy DeVito this week, I think. Oh, you know what? There's a, there's a guy that I really missed that we should have talked about as we go to running back here, Khalil Herbert. Prospects not looking as good as they were because uh, Foreman's been really good. Herbert's 80% rostered. But, geez, I mentioned this last week. He couldn't have a much of, worse of a schedule. Detroit, Minnesota, bye week, Detroit, Cleveland in the next five weeks for Herbert. Now, I will say Detroit and Minnesota haven't been quite as good against the run as they had been earlier this year over the last few weeks. But still, uh, would, would you pick up Ty, Ch- Ty Chandler or Khalil Herbert? Chandler. Agreed. Do you feel like Herbert is a must-roster player? Uh, not a must-roster player. I mean, I, I it, it's going to be telling to see what they do. You know, did he lose his job during the five games that he missed and how Foreman has performed? Is it just more of a shared situation? I I, I really don't know, but I would, I would anticipate Deontay Foreman not going away based on what he's done. I mean, he's basically carried this offense in lieu of both Herbert and Justin Fields going down, so... How do you take him off the field? Certainly, how do you make him inactive like he was the four games prior to Herbert getting hurt? Is Charbonnet a, a higher priority than Chandler, Singletary, et cetera? I think if we're going back to the conversation of long-term versus short-term, then yes, I would rather have Charbonnet than Chandler. But I still think that, you know, you, you, you're you a, you're playing defense on your league if you're getting Chandler, so you're preventing somebody else from using him this week and maybe against you. Um, and look, there's, there's probably the same probability of without an injury – of Chandler overtaking Madison as opposed to Charbonnet overtaking Walker. Okay, so Chandler, Singletary, those are the prizes. Antonio Gibson with three straight games with five or more catches, and he had a touchdown. Was it two straight games with a touchdown or just? No, sorry. Two. Two? Yep. Okay. Um, Rico Dowdle. Dearness Johnson. So are we saying Dearness Johnson is ahead of Bigsby now? Yeah. Okay, Dearness Johnson yes. would be a handcuff potentially for uh, Travis Etienne. And Royce Freeman, I do think, you know, it, he had, I think, more carries than Henderson last week. Is that right? Or two weeks ago? Well, they both had the same amount last week. They, yeah, he had two more carries than Henderson in their last game. Henderson gets all the catches, though, and that's really where Seattle struggles against in the passing game, running backs in the passing game. Look no further than Sunday. Um. And then if Keaton Mitchell were out there, would he be ahead of everyone we've talked about? He would. 
Uh, again, I think it depends on what you need. You need somebody for this week. I'm not starting Mitchell over Chandler or Singletary. Man, he's he's fun. No, but it's a rest of season thing yep. and an upside thing. Uh, I did mention this on Beyond the Box score yesterday, but watching his snaps, he it looked like he had a pretty big blunder in pass protection that contributed to his I think sack. that's what cost him his second half work. Yeah, but he never plays on passing downs really anyway. But yeah. No, that's usually Justice Hill's role, and I would imagine that Hill will keep that role. All right, let's go to the wide receiver. Tyler Boyd, JSN, Romeo Dobbs, Rashid Shahid. These are players who are in shallow leagues. Boyd, and Josh Downs, yeah. Um, Boyd, is uh, what is he in your rankings for this week? Um, you asked before. I, Boyd and Brown, to me, are back-to-back, just outside the top 24. Outside the top 24. Absolutely start-worthy. I thought I asked Brown. I know. Then I asked you to compare the two, but I didn't know where he was ranked. But okay, Boyd was ranked. Fair enough. Noah Brown, Demario Douglas, Quinton Johnston, Brandon Cooks, Jaden Reed, we really talked about all of these guys. If you're just listening, if you're skipping around, go to the uh, top three at each position time code. We talked about all of those guys. Rondale Moore in deep leagues. Elijah Moore. I mean, there, there does seem to be a connection between Elijah Moore and Deshaun Watson. So if you had to pick a Moore, Rondale or Elijah, who would it be? Uh, I would go with Rondale just because of the short term. But um, the schedule, like I said, gets very good for, for Cleveland also. So. They're very, they're very similar. You know, Elijah Moore might have some more touchdown potential based on what we've seen, but, um, you know, I, I like what Rondell Moore has done when he's had this opportunity. I'm taking Rondell. Was that – it was definitely Elijah Moore's first touchdown of the year. Yeah. Uh-huh. His first touchdown in Cleveland was last week on a scramble play. Just saw uh, Leighton Vanderesh out for the season for the Cowboys. That's a tough blow. He's been He's missed the last – Four games, they're three and one. Um, but yeah, that's that's a he and Diggs key pieces to their defense out for the year. Mm-hmm. Uh, a few more names to throw out. In, any interest in Odell Beckham? Slight. I, I had him initially on the list, but you know, one catch and that was a touchdown. It just feels like it's a little inconsistent. And the fact that he caught his first touchdown last week from Tyler Huntley, it's just hard to say, like, run out and get Odell Beckham. Two games this year with more than four targets mm-hmm. and Two games this year, those two games are the ones where he had more than three catches. And he doesn't have more than 56 yards in a game yet. So if he scores a touchdown, that's why you started him. But I don't think you can count on that. Trenton Irwin. Previously, one of my favorite one week fixes at at wide receiver this week. Kyle Phillips. Desperation PPR bench receiver. I mean, you look at his numbers, they're not really any different. Than what Rondell Moore did, where even what like just the last two games, but he's, right. he's been to Mario Douglas. I put him behind pretty much yeah. everybody that we talked about at receiver. All right, yeah, I mean, fair. It just uh, for those of you who aren't seeing this, he's two percent rostered, and Phillips has five targets in two straight games and 60, 61 and sixty eight yards in those games. Uh, tight ends, the, the shallow league guys are McBride and Najoku. Uh, yes, uh, tomorrow, tomorrow. Tomorrow Wednesday or is yesterday Wednesday? Tomorrow we'll talk about McBride and Kincaid and if we should sell high with the thought of Ertz or Knox, you know, knoxing them off their ledge a little bit. Uh, But the players to get are Logan Thomas, Tyler Conklin, Donald Parham, and then Jamie has Pat Fryermuth and Michael Mayer. Fryermuth eligible to come back. Is he coming? Do we know if he's coming back this week? 
his expected return is week 11, but that doesn't mean he's guaranteed to return. We might get an update Tuesday from Mike Tomlin. He had 13 targets in his first four games, so we're obviously going to need more than that, but he did catch two touchdowns. And then uh, I brought up Tanner Hudson. wasn't such a wasn't really met with a very warm reception. What about Luke? No, but deeper leagues and certainly tight end premium, you should be considering. And what about Luke Musgrave? Any interest in him against the Chargers? Sure. Yes, but he he doesn't have the same upside as Logan Thomas as Tyler Conklin. He's he's like eight PPR points. Like you can count on him for three for fifty. All right, and then the DSTs. The Lions, the Commanders, the Jaguars, and the Dolphins. Lions get the Bears. Commanders get the Giants. Jaguars get the Titans. And the Dolphins, they have a good uh, schedule coming up. I have to have it right in front of me. The Dolphins have the um, Raiders, Jets, Commanders, Titans, Jets in their next five games. Kickers, Daniel Carlson, Jake Moody, Brandon McManus, and Matt Prater. If you want to hear about the best DST matchups rest of season, check out Beyond the Box, Box Score yesterday's episode but that's it for the waiver wire thank you to dave and jamie much appreciated um you guys did well congratulations showed your street smarts today good job you know who has good street smarts who someone who doesn't say they have good street smarts (laughs) well i never said i did i I, but i did i did oh oh you (laughs) that's okay i think that's fine that's just a nice humble brag All right, thanks again, everybody, for watching and listening. We'll talk to you tomorrow with some trade talk on fantasy football today. I don't have any other kind of sports, so i got to stick with what I got.